America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Son, what do you see in um in the relationship that I have with my father? How would you describe that? All right, now it looks like great. You guys like talk a lot, and that's good. Like you talk like like on like the same level, and not like father son because you were both adults. I feel like that like comes with like age and maturity. Hmm. Say more about that. Do you do you think that um, do you want to be talked to on a different level? Uh, no. You think the way that we communicate is appropriate? Yeah. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like you're my dad and I'm your son. Like we're not friends. We're not any of that. You know where I got that from? <laughs> <laughs> they tried to count me out. I'ma gonna count me in. Fill up my bank account. All righty, welcome to the Dear Son Show. We have conversations about life through the lens of fatherhood. These are discussions for fathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless, so nobody's left out. These conversations are much better when it's more than one participant than I. Today I have three additional participants. Three generations of the Johns family. We have Eli Johns, Donovan Johns, and Leonard Johns. Welcome to the Dead Son Show. How are you guys? I am great. I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. I am feeling confident. Mm-hmm. Right out the gate, what makes you feel confident today? That's good. Why? Why are you feeling confident today? So that I can speak up. Oh, okay. Good. There'll be plenty of opportunities for you to speak up. Let the audience know how old you are. I am seven and I'm in second grade. Absolutely. I am 15 and I'm in 10th grade. Mm. I am 74 and retired. (laughs) In the 88th grade. In the 88th grade. So my father is here from Virginia. Virginia's home. For those of you that don't know, um, Hampton Roads area specifically is where we're from. We've been in Texas. Uh, My family uh, has been in Texas for about four years. So welcome to the show. Whenever you are coming into contact with this content, we appreciate you. Like and subscribe right out the gate so we can get this thing going. Now, the name of the show is called Dear Son. What I wish my father told me, dot, dot, dot. And I want to start with my father because one could assume that I am ungrateful for the fatherhood experience that I had as the son in that relationship. What has been your take on what you've seen or heard of this podcast thus far? I am grateful to know that you have feelings, uh, that you were uh, learning, that you were uh, listening, that you were allowing me to uh, have some positive influence on your life. And so I am very grateful. I'm seeing every podcast more of the things I wish I had seen earlier. Hmm. Yeah, so people, this is not a um, this is not a bashing platform. It is not what I wish my father told me because my father was absent. These are conversations that that happen at various stages in different relationships, and even looking back with my sons, I wish I had done some things earlier. So it's all in the vein of number one, sparking conversation in your house and your. Uh, you know, within your family, within your community, um, and and let it let it spread from there. Uh, but it is a it is about helping. So uh, that's why we had these conversations. And sometimes the subject matter seems um, sometimes it's tough. You know, there've been some lighter some lighter moments on the show, but this is really about ensuring that what I learned from the relationship with my father, I take all of the positives and the things that we missed we make sure that we are catching them this time around so that there's less to correct 
for my sons and the generations that follow. Does that make sense? Everybody good? Good. Um, I'm trying to figure out where to start. So you, my dad has been on the show. Eli has not been on the show. Um, and I am glad he is on today. And I'm, I'm looking forward to what you have to say. But I won't, I won't start with you because um, I don't think that's fair. I want to make sure that, that you're uh, comfortable enough to speak uh, when you're ready. But son, what are some things that you wish your father told you, period, or maybe sooner than what your father told you? Hmm. I got to think about that. Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Why you, maybe to, to help push that conversation, what have you seen differently in our relationship since I started this podcast, if anything? I feel like you laugh more and you're like, like more positive. I don't know. Like you show that you're more positive. Okay. How does that impact you? Uh, it's pretty good because I see you like more as like another human that I can go to. That's the second time you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should take that to heart. Um, you felt like you couldn't approach me before? Uh, yes. Why? Because like when you were working, you weren't really here. And I didn't know that much about you. It was kind of like I didn't like like know you that much. Mm. But you're like you're home now, so like you're like, like more present, which is better for the relationship that we have. More present. Present is a word that um that is striking the court with me lately more than ever. And shout out to the father figure movement, father figure movement, father figure apparel, with one of their mottos is be present, not perfect. And I think I struggled with the inability to be perfect made me feel less than a good father. So I was trying to measure myself to a perfect standard. And if I didn't meet that, I didn't think I was a good father. And that made me a little bit um, apprehensive about having certain conversations or even showing up in certain ways uh, in the house, but I'm kind of working through that. Um, my father, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you wish your father told you? Oh. Period or sooner? Take your pick. Oh, there are a myriad of things that he, I wish we had. Like I said in the previous podcast, he was, I was 20 when he passed. And the last time we had a father-son conversation was when I was going off to the military and I was 19 years old. And there were, I had not begun to, develop uh, some form of maturity or image that I wanted to um, uh, pattern my life after. And so, uh, you know, just to learn the basics of how to manage money, uh, how to uh, stand in when things are going, uh, when they're difficult, how do you where do you get the strength or what are the resources that uh, that he had that would uh, give me some idea of which direction to look for help? Uh, if I wanted to learn skills, I, I saw my father do things that I didn't think a person with his background sh- should be able to do. My father was an avid reader. Uh, he was an artist. He was a craftsman. Uh, he was a, a go-getter. He wasn't one to stand around and wait for somebody to give him something. He went out and, you know, acquired it or produced it or, or some kind of way that was he had of, of uh, meeting the obligations. And, oh, that's just a, a bunch of things that I wish I had learned, things that I'm still learning now, you know, now that I'm at this age, you know, I've never seen my father at this age. Right. So what's life supposed to be like? Right. What's, what's the toughest lesson that, um, if you had to pick one, the toughest lesson that you think would have been less painful if you and your father were more communicative or if he was around longer? Because that's two different things. I would learn 
uh, how to be mature uh, for the particular situation that I was in, how to respond in a mature way for the particular situations. I saw many things happening in my home, and my father seemed to have a handle on those things, and you know, I just didn't know how to interact with uh, senior people, well, how to interact with uh, strangers, how to interact with business people, how to interact. I, I remember when I bought my first new car, I knew nothing about negotiating to buy a new car. And so those kind of things that I wish I could have had the experience of learning with him, asking him about, you know, what's a good car to buy or what's a good place to live or what's good food to eat or, you know, how should I spend my time wisely in a day? Are there things that, um, that you recall from that relationship, your father to you, that you perpetuated with me that you wish were arrested sooner? When you say arrested say sooner. Court, court, like if there was a, a behavior or a dealing, a way that your father dealt with you, that you picked up and carried on in your dealing with me, mm-hmm. that in hindsight, maybe you would have done differently. Oh, yes. I would have, would have. Oh, yes. I would have been more. Uh, engaging and understanding your world from your perspective. I, I only knew the world around me as my father allowed that world to be uh, exposed to me. So I didn't ask him very many questions and he didn't volunteer a whole lot of information, but I saw things that I, I knew were good things that he did. I'm glad you said that because that's um I think that's one specific change in this in my generation in dealing with my children. And this is dear son, so I always reference son. I have three daughters. I'm not anti-daughters. I'm very much a girl dad, but there's a very spe- specific tone about the conversations we have under this podcast is dear son. Um I I felt that that it was like that my perspective w- wasn't um I'm trying to find the right and it's not that you didn't care about what i thought i was very aware that what you thought was the final thought okay and and there wasn't a lot of negotiating around this is how i feel in your home with an expectation like something was going to be adjusted and I get that because now being a father, you have to have some hard, fast rules until and they, you have to stand on them. And then at some point, maybe you come, it comes to a head where it, it doesn't work in a situation. Right. Do you adjust or not? That kind of thing. And one thing that I learned specifically with Donovan is he, you feel differently about things than I do. Like you have different interests. Um, the things that rattle you are different than, than what rattle me. And that was hard for me to understand because of the relationship that I had with your grandfather. Like it was, this is how it is. It's kind of that in this house, this is how it is. And it's hard to understand as a child, the value of that until you have a house, let alone have children that you're responsible for. So I'm, 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 I'm glad that, that, that you said that. And hopefully Hopefully, um, the ship is is uh is 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 veering in the direction of um where it needs to go with this generation. But do you feel? Do you feel like I try to understand you? Uh, and you can compare and contrast it either if it was always no, still no, or at one point it was this, and then it's it's something different. Uh, it's, it's like sometimes no, sometimes yes. That. It added something to that. Sometimes no, sometimes yes. When it's no, how do you feel? It's kind of difficult to explain. You're very good with words. It makes me feel like kind of like, I don't know, like alone. Alone because I don't see it your way? Yeah. And why why do you think, do you think it's that I don't want to or that I just, I'm unable to? It feels like sometimes you don't like, like try to 
do you feel like you can express in the moment when those times are or not so much? No, it's like I have to like think about it. And like like if I'm like in trouble or something and like it's something that like you don't understand and I do, like I can't explain it in the moment, but later I think to myself, I'm like, man, I wish I said this or I wish I said that. It would have been so much better. Like, we could have had a better conversation. So you take some ownership as well. Yeah. Gotcha. Son, son. Yes. What do you think? How do you, you know what the word communicate means? No. How you talk to someone. Like having a conversation. If you're saying something to me and I'm saying something to you and we both understand each other, that's communication. Okay. Do you think that you can uh, communicate with me well, or is it hard to talk to me sometimes? Hard to talk to you sometimes. Why do you think it is? Because that's actually a hard question. Just say what you think. There's no wrong answer. And I won't be upset either way. So I'm trying to learn as well. Let me ask you this. What would make it easier for you to talk to me? I think it would be to, like, talk, speak up more to you. That you you wish that you spoke up more to me? Yeah. Why do you feel like sometimes it's hard to? Because um, I usually talk to um, my mom more, so. So we have that in common. I used to uh, try to avoid having conversations with my dad if it was something of... Um, something that I was unsure of the consequences. It seemed easier to talk to my mom, your grandma Gina, than to talk to my dad because I had a preconceived notion of how the conversation would go. I thought I knew how he would respond. Why do you think it's easier for you to talk to mom? Because I usually ha- ask her more things than you. Hmm. Do you know why you do that? Or is this, that's just what naturally happens? It's what naturally happens. Hmm. How about you? Do you still, who do you, who do you, who is your default parent? Mom. Why? Because uh, like I, I can relate to her more. How so? Yeah, like I like uh, you know she's like she used to be like at the house more. Like she makes like like more jokes and stuff. Like she's on like the social medias and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a sort of a level of relatability to mom, like more so to her than for me to you. Hmm. So since I've been home, that's been better, but I still. Am I still perceived as more serious and not joking or lighthearted? Um, you're not as serious. Yeah. So I'm making progress? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. I guess that's worth a C or C+. Plus. Um, you're a fly on the wall, this conversation, that part of the conversation. What's going through your head? I'm just thinking of all the questions that you're asking them. <laughs> um, I can relate to the very same answers that they are giving, you know. Uh, uh, the relationship you have with your father or what you see from me? What I see from you. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Did the apple fall relatively close to the tree? Or? Uh, yeah, it fell very close to the tree, but we're living in more difficult times and you you have seen things from both sides of the times that we're living in. And so you have a different uh, goal in mind, preparing your children for the world that they are about to inherit. And I was preparing you for a world that you were about to inherit. It was still, there were still some uh, hope when you were uh, coming up their age. But now, they are dying at this age. I mean, it's no longer news to hear of children this, at this age either 
dying or killing someone. And so what they are perceiving is from a sheltered perspective. And if they lived or experienced something outside of the home, they would appreciate the security that I don't think they realize the security that you provide for them. I think that's greatly unappreciated by this entire generation. They have become uh, a generation of uh, little or no accountability and uh, always wanting, but never willing to give back. And you have to give back to society to be better because it's only going to get worse if you don't do it. That's part of my struggle is that um, I, I do understand, just like you said, I understand what the world was and what it is now, very acutely aware of it. And I know I've overcompensated with keeping them away from situations that I was in, whether it was by choice or by force, that matured me in a way that they'll never be because they don't have to or they haven't experienced those conversations. I'm very paranoid about how to, what's too far. Like, what do you allow? I asked you a question last time that you were on about, um, did you ever see me on a train wreck and watch it? I asked it differently. You said, yeah. And I, and I get it. But the train moves faster and there's more trains on opposing tracks that are meeting in the middle today. So I don't know what to allow them to experience to get some kind of street sense. Because common, I don't, I don't even know the definition of what's common right. sense. I don't even think I want them to have the sense that's common right. amongst the, what's the common masses. Among, yeah. Um, but it, it's, it is very difficult because I am trying to manage from a place of how I was managed to providing them with conveniences and um, a mask or rose-colored glasses to a degree so they don't have to have some of the hurts. Sometimes hurts help. If you go through life and you never have any hurts, you don't know how to comfort and you don't know how to deal with it yourself. And so the sooner that you are allowed to experience uh, some hurt, whether it be in, I'm not talking about abuse, I'm, Mm-hmm. Whether it be in the home or in the workplace or in school or you know just out in public, what do you do when somebody insults you? What do you do when you think somebody has taken something from you? What do you do when you feel like you have assigned a a, a bad business deal or you you know open up some credit that's going to challenge your future? How how, how do you? Know whether or not you've done the right thing. You've got to have somebody to guide you through what are, what are some right choices, regardless of what generation is. You know, you want people to be honest. Honesty is a choice that must always be respected and desired and stood upon. Donovan, how do you um, how do you how do you recognize conflict, and how do you how do you deal with it? Like, what do you mean by conflict? Do you do you know when um, someone means you harm, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, like somebody's intentional about doing something to you uh, that's negative? Yeah. Like, how do you? Number one, do you recognize that? Do you see it? I recognize it. How do you deal with it? Uh, yeah, there have been times where I just wanted to like straight up fight people, but I, I just think to myself, it's like really not worth it because there's stuff to lose. Hmm. Th- that's the big difference there is that um, that you recognize you have something to lose, and that's not because you're better than ever- anybody else. You just recognize what um, 
what the upside of life is for you. And, and not everybody does, right? Recognize it for you or for them. And oftentimes they're acting out because they don't understand the value of life or what possibilities there are in life. So if they lose, it's the misery loves company kind of thing, right? So they want, they want to make sure that, um, that somebody goes down with them, but it's, I'm, I'm encouraged to hear you say that you think through that because part, part of me wants you to have that edge of not letting people walk all over you. The, The better, more mature thing is to understand what to think from an outcome perspective after this moment, if I win the fight, do I still win? A lot of times that's just not, that's not the case. And the way that your generation is set up, there's no time for you to go recall or recount what you've done because it's already published to the world and it's celebrated. And, um, while you're being praised for a seemingly, um, good, not even a good thing, but just a win, right? It's, uh, there's a lot of negative, there's a lot of downfall that, that happens after that. And I think, I think I should connect you with some people that have been further down that road than I have. Cause I can only tell you to the degree that I made mistakes and what caught up with me. There are people that made same or similar or worse mistakes and life dealt with them a lot more harsh. So even I can't tell you that perspective from a first person, um, account. Um, Eli, what, what, what things did you want to talk about? You said you wanted to speak up and have a voice. What are some things that, um, what are some things that you care about? Um, what's important to you? My family, this house, Why is your family important? Because my family keeps me safe and healthy, kind of. <laughs> kind of? Sometimes no. we don't. No, for the second one. Okay. Um, have you ever felt unsafe? No. You know, there are people your age that feel unsafe? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? What do you think it would be like to be your age and to be in the house with people that don't love you? A father that wasn't there. Brothers and sisters that may or may not treat you right. How do you think life would be for that for that individual? Sad. So you're pretty grateful for what you have? Mm-hmm. That's good. What are you the most grateful for? This family. Can you describe the um, the relationship you had with each person in the family? Like your relationship with Eden, what is that like? I feel like Eden's fun and lovable. What's the relationship like with Donovan? Do you look up to him? Yeah. You think he's doing a good job? Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think he could do better? That's actually a good question. Keep watching. I'll give you some hints later. What about Imani? What's your relationship like with Imani? She's fun. That's the main thing? Mm Mm-hmm. And honor. What's your relationship like with honor? Lovable and fun. Hmm. Son, what do you see in um in the relationship that I have with my father? How would you describe that? Well, right now, it looks like great. You guys like talk a lot, and that's good. Like you talk like like on like the same level, and not like father son because you were both adults. I feel like that like comes with like age and maturity. Hmm. 
Say more about that. Do you do you think that um do you want to be talked to on a different level? Uh no. You think the way that we communicate is appropriate? Yeah. Okay. Because at the end of the day, like you're my dad and I'm your son. Like we're not friends. We're not any of that. You know where I got that from? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a um, that's a topic that I think we'll we'll cover in the course of the show. Is I didn't I didn't catch that shift where like I know parents um, that are my age with their children are their best friend, and it's not I don't my opinion about that doesn't matter. I just don't understand it because I I never had a I've never had a reference point to understand it. I can imagine that if it is just that parent and that child or that parent and those children, and that's how the world revolves for each of them, I can maybe understand how it, how the line gets blurred because the reliance on that individual absent, a, a spouse or a significant other where that kind of communication or um, relationship would would, would, would would form or exist. I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Do you have any friends? Did that ever happen in your generation? No. Oh, no. I knew nobody who was trying. It, it, it was a, a an accepted norm. No child thought that their parent were their best friend their best provider, their best protector, uh, their best example for maturity, but not best friend. Yeah. What do you think about that, Eli? Do you think you could have, uh, do you think children and parents should be best friends? Yeah, I think so. Why do you think that? Because... If you like, if you've like talked to them a lot or like play with them a lot, I think that. That's what you recognize as a friendship. Okay, so I understand that from you, from from your age and what the qualifications are um, for friendship, but those are very different. Those are very different. Um, requirements than what I have been entrusted to when it comes to you. My responsibility is to care for, to love, to protect and provide for you. And sometimes that doesn't look friendly. And it doesn't mean that it's hard or I don't like you or anything to that, to that extent. But there are things that I see in the world that are, waiting for you that are targeting you that you can't see and or appreciate at your age and you shouldn't. So there, there are times when I have to make decisions that you won't agree with. Do you understand that? Yeah. It's good. It's not a lot of latitude for any, (laughs) for anything otherwise. Um, what, what what concerns you the most about how your grandchildren are maturing? Negative or positive, or both? Concerns and concern. Okay, uh, I I'm concerned about whether or not they see the value of their role in the family, and when they become parents of their own. Will they, will they uh, be able to uh, perpetuate the family in a way that uh, gives, uh, uh, that anchors the, the future for their children? So I'm concerned as to whether or not they will uh, have the tools to do that having not experienced uh, 
the accountability factor of each member of the family and the responsibility and availability of each member of the family. But uh, on the positive side, they're learning very early some of the uh, world or economic values of uh, to work smarter, not harder at an early age. So it's important to... Uh, that one doesn't uh, overshadow the other one so that there is confusion as to where the focus should be and when the focus should be on each one of those areas. But uh, I love my grandkids. I have the best grandkids that any grandparent could ask for. They're respectful. Uh, they're courteous. They're responsive. Uh, they... Uh, uh, they, they they just look like a a the kind of family that you want to be that you could be proud of. Uh, not so much in their physical attractiveness, but in the the way that they carry themselves in my presence and out of my presence. I've heard other people uh, compliment my grandkids, so uh, that that brings a degree of comfort. In their knowing that their development is headed in the right direction. If you could go back and adjust one phase of our relationship, let's say a five-year window, okay. What age would you or I be? I mean, we can do the math, but okay. whatever perspective. Probably. 12 to 17 for you. So that makes me, but I'm 20, 30 Gosh, years older man. than you. Why? Why that age? Uh, those were the years that I f feel like now, probably didn't feel then, uh, where you could have developed the, uh, the desire to mature as opposed to rebel. There's a difference between rebellion and maturity. And I knew that rebellion would be a part of the maturing process, but when there's no desire to be a better contributor to the family or contributor to society, or just make yourself more uh, accountable to other people and uh, respect, uh, responsible or responsive to other people. When you're rebelling, you don't care about what other people think or what they want or what they have for you. But when you're maturing, you begin to see some things that will give you some, uh, some sense of uh, ownership of who you are and what you're going to be. When you're rebelling, you don't care what you're going to be. You just know you don't want to be what you are now. And you need to have a goal. You need to have goals from the earliest age possible. You know, one of the first goals you learn is to, to speak and then to walk and talk and, and, you know, eat and exercise and, you know, interact with uh the members of your family. Hmm. Donovan, what's the one, what's one thing that you would change about uh, our relationship? If you could wave a magic wand and it change instantly, what would you change? Uh, how much time we spent together when I was younger? How does that impact you today? Uh, it was like, like, kind of like a missed opportunity because I don't have like a lot of memories of like just me and you, like at a young age. Yeah, well, when you turned one, I left. Um, like literally had your first birthday, and then I went to Iraq, and then I'd be gone five or six months at a time, and when I come home. Sometimes you didn't recognize me. 
And then I'd be there for a couple weeks and you would start to recognize me. And then I'd leave again. And I still haven't forgiven myself for that. So even though I thought I was doing the thing that was necessary to to help our family, to save the house, to get back on the right side of the finances and um, do the things that I thought a man should do, a husband and a father should do. I can't, I can't undo that. And that haunts me to no end. Um, And I apologize for that. And I think that laid such a foundation or a shaky foundation that made me somehow okay with not getting close to you and your sisters when y'all were younger because I had to be able to compartmentalize how I felt while I was away. If I constantly worried about what was going on at home, I I don't think I would have been able to... um, to function properly. I was in a war zone. It was a, when I went to Iraq, there was actually a war zone. It wasn't as active as it was in the years prior, but there was still activity and there was still a matter of safety concerns. Like some people didn't come back home. So I, I chose to, um, to become numb to what was not directly around me so that I wouldn't get caught up thinking about some things and getting emotional and not being aware of what I was and being able to do my job. So today, what you see now that I'm home more and my goal is to not rely on a corporate or anybody else giving me a job is because I want my family more than anything. And I want y'all to know that um, I want you to see and be inspired that you can create the life that you desire. And it doesn't have to be on other people's terms. So how good of a job I'm doing it, that that remains to be seen. Oh, I mean, there may be opinions on that now, but um, like that, that is a struggle that I am trying to uh, offset with what we're doing now. So like what you see with this, what you see with the clothing, what you see with me going out and, and, and seeking other opportunities and film and, and video is to have more control over um, time available and being able to spend that time more with my family. Does that make sense? Eli, do you remember... I guess you, I don't know if you remember me being gone that much. Do you, do you remember any times that I was, uh, that I was gone a lot? Uh-uh. You were too young. You were too young. I traveled a lot when we came back from Dubai, but I guess you were still, I mean, you were only three, about to turn three or three about to turn four. So, yeah, I guess the bottom line is that um, fatherhood is difficult. Sometimes being a son is difficult. Sometimes I'd imagine being a grandfather is difficult. What I envy about you two is that you have the man sitting next to you. Like, I don't don't have the reference before my dad, and I don't know that you did. On your dad's side, did you have that reference? On my dad's side. My mother's side. Very strong on my mother's side. Yeah. Yeah. But... The the paternal right. side of the family, right. we don't, this is the first time that we can speak of from experience where this is the case. So I hope you guys understand that and take advantage of it. Um, and I need to take advantage more of my father being around. But that is a, uh, that is a big deal. I wonder often how my life would have been mm-hmm. different. I think you would have been more 
responsible to the expectations of the generation above me. Sometimes you don't do things for your parents, but for your grandparents, they're like a God. And you will do things. I did things for my grandmother. I did work. I volunteered to do things for my grandmother that I wasn't necessarily trying to do at home. But because I valued her uh, opinion of me, uh, her compliments, and her just the sound of her voice was a very comforting time in my life. There were times when I didn't know which way to go, but if I went to my grandmother, she would somehow or another know what to say, how to say it, to make me feel more comfortable with the experience that I was going through. And I, I never tell, told her what I was going through. It's just that she had a presence. And that's something that children may not realize is the presence that is of a value uh, to your maturity. It, you, every decision you make determines the kind of person you're going to be. Some of them are irreversible. And, you know, if you get involved in crime early, that affects you for the rest of your life. You know, but if you get involved in feeding the homeless early, you will find yourself being a person of compassion. And people like being around people who have feelings that are positive and admirable and, uh, you know, that that should and could be modeled. So it's important that... Uh, you understand uh, the dynamics of a family. You know, at some point in time, you will have your own family. And when you get there, you're going to want to draw from something to make those decisions about getting up and going to work. You know, you have to get up and go to work whether you want to or not. That's like taking out the trash. You have to take out the trash whether you want to or not. You have to keep your room clean whether you want to or not. And so when you get to be a mature person, are you going to let your children, are you going to take out the trash and you're going to keep that room clean and go out and work every day and give them a car and insurance and a bank account? Now, family is a lot more than what you see on the surface of what you feel. It's about the, the things that make your life valuable and you valuable to somebody else. That's the most important thing in the world is that you value someone and someone values you. These people that are killing each other, they, they don't value their life and they don't value the life of other people. People who value life don't do those kinds of things. And so there are certain things that children should not do simply because it's going to impact your life in a way that you can't see right now. And the, the closer you get to getting to that goal of where you want to be that you call yourself grown or ready to live on your own, the more you're going to realize what you should do or what you didn't do or what you need to do. So uh, that's a very important to me. Get that? Mm-hmm. You got it too, Eli? Yeah. Anything else you want to say in closing as we're about to end? Any other thoughts? I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you. How did it feel? Better. You feel better about it now? Mm -hmm. You think you do it again? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. Son, any thoughts in closing? Words uh, of wisdom? I feel like this is, like, a very important, like, learning experience and lesson. Because a lot of kids, like, they don't know, like, some of the reasons or what the struggle of the parents go through. Because, like, when they're born, like, they're used to their parents, like, going out to work. And they don't understand, like, the gravity of, like, what they're sacrificing. And then maybe on the kid or maybe on the parent. Because, I mean, not to put the blame on the parent, but a lot of parents, like, they don't explain why they do what they do. And that leaves the kids to guess. Like, for an example, like, like if I'm, like, in a fight with, like, Honor Imani and, like, she hits me and I hit her back, I'm going to get disciplined more than she is. 
And I used to not know why, but now I do. It's because it's like, it's how the world works. And there's like more consequences for that stuff. So, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, uh, <laughs> I don't want to end it any differently, uh, than that. I, I hope if you listen to this point that you've gained something from it. Uh, this is a peek into the, the, the generation of Johns that we should probably do more often, not for the show purpose, but just having that, those generational perspectives all in one room, understanding each other better or differently, I think is important. So I appreciate you, Eli. Donovan and Leonard, 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 Leonard. While I have that uh, license to to call you that, but no, this is this has been good for me. This has opened my eyes to some things that got. The whole point of this show is I'm not where I need to be as a father, and I don't know that anybody ever gets there. But the journey is important, and sometimes seeing the journey shared by others inspires someone to do something better, different <clears throat> or not do something that they, uh, that, that was currently a part of how they parent. So the hack is also that this is a parenting podcast. It's a real, it's a family relationship podcast. The name is the name. The lessons are typically, um, applicable across the board. So, appreciate you listening again. Please make sure that you like the subscribe. Shout out to Ghana. At the time of this recording, I have the number one parenting and kids and family podcast in Ghana. Whether that's a moment in time or it's momentum, um, I'm thankful either way. And I am very much intending to bring my family to West Africa in general at some point. That's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Well, man. Eli, you stayed awake the whole time. <laughs> okay. That'll be very interesting. They tried to count me out. I'ma gonna count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. I just pull it out and count for nothing when I'm feeling great. Give my baby little more.